Golf Podcast, presented by Golficity, where we bring you the tips, instruction, and support you need to get the most out of your golf game. And now your hosts, Frank and Mike. Hey guys, welcome back to the Golf Podcast. This is episode number 334. We're going to talk today about ways you can eliminate that snap hook. Uh, it, it, is a, it is a miss that none of us like. I mean, when we're talking snap hook, we're talking you're pushing it way left for a righty golfer. Oh, yeah. Uh, and there's a couple things that can cause it. And unsurprisingly, if you listen to the podcast regularly, we're big on fundamentals. And a lot of what you can do to kind of solve this issue is going to be going back and focusing on fundamentals. So we'll identify a few of those key fundamentals, some of the most important ones that you should take a look at if you are struggling with this. Even if you're not struggling with a snap hook, it's still a good thing to re like review it, kind of go over this and just making sure you're understanding because I'm finding Mike, the more and more I understand the swing, the more and more I can adapt when something's going wrong because just because I don't have a snap hook today doesn't mean I might not tomorrow. Right. Sure. You know, things can kind of go back and forth. So I want to talk more about that. Of course, I want to give you guys a, uh, a, Update on the Golf Fisty Virtual Open, but before we do, I want to thank this week's sponsor, Titleist. So big thanks to Titleist for sponsoring this week's episode. Uh, we all know that proper fittings help you compare different models, dial in those yardage gapping, and really determine what right Titleist equipment there is for you. And because there is such a wide variety, there's something in there for everyone, but you've got to find the right mix of player and equipment. It's something we've done with many fittings. If you've been watching them on the channels, it's something we've learned a lot from, but the goal is simple. Nothing but total confidence with every club in your bag. Confidence uh, that your clubs will perform exactly as expected and that you can execute every shot you need to lower those scores. And it is something we've said so many times, a big word that we come out of good fittings with is more confidence, sure. which the, you can't put a value on that. So we are going to be heading out, speaking of which, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be heading out to uh, Long Island where they're going to be having the Titleist Thursday. Guys, Titleist Thursdays are great events. It's a great way to get into a fitting without that extra expense because they are free. Uh, go to the Titleist website, see when the Titleist fitting is going to be coming by you. A Titleist Thursday fitting is going to be coming by you, but you can book them on, you can book your spot on the website. It's free. You head down there. So find your ne nearest Titleist fitting opportunity by visiting Titleist.com. Um, all right, Mike, so you want to give a quick update on where we're at with the uh, virtual open? Yeah, so far so good. I mean, just fired up before we started recording. I noticed we have 781 people registered, which is great. I uh, got some new prizes added, and we feel there's going to be more as well along the way. And guys, if you've missed it, go back and take a look at the video we put out about the virtual open and the prizes that have been so graciously donated. Amazing. Mm -hmm. From yeah. Callaway Driver, you know. Chrome Soft Golf Balls, Titleist Golf Balls, I mean, you name it. ShotScope V3s. Two of them. Two of them. I mean, yeah. there's great prizes in there, but Orange Whip just added two. Uh, what do we call those speed train or one or is and the other one uh, yeah they're they're traditional mid-size orange whip yep uh but that's what i like like you said talk about donating they uh, again you just see the support that we get from so many different companies and stuff for this they saw we were doing the virtual open they reached out and they said is it too late or can we kick some prizes and i'm like it's never too late never you know we want to give back so so throw them in there so the good news is you don't. It doesn't matter where you finish. Um, everything is going to be door prizes. Our our goal here is to encourage as many people getting out there and playing as possible. It's becoming a fun little community. Everybody's talking about their virtual open rounds in the Facebook group, in the uh, virtual open feed, which is on eighteen birdies. It's free to enter. It's free to play. Uh, well, he's still got to pay. You. We can't pay everyone's greens fees. No, that we can't do. <laughs> he's still got to pay <laughs> greens fees, but but. 
you get out there, you play, you've got a chance to win one of those many door prizes, as Mike mentioned. Uh, there's a lot of great ones in there. It's a value of over $2,000, and it's our fourth annual Golf Fizzy Virtual Open. Always fun. Always fun doing this. We're playing ours this week. We are. We are. Yeah. Which, Speaking of oh. which, I'm a little bit nervous. I'm going to tell you why, because it leads uh -huh. into kind of what we're going to talk about this week. I am now in the process of completely dismantling <laughs> and rebuilding my swing. Okay. Good All time right? to do it, middle of the season. That's <laughs> <laughs> Right in the heart of the season. I'm the type of guy who can't wait. I don't have patience. Yes, the smart move would be to do a lot of this work in the off season. Fine. I also, it's, it's really kind of just thrown together but i've got a little setup in my basement where i can take swings because right now you know it's very busy you don't you don't get to really get out there and play until like the kids go to bed right. so now I've, I've been doing this nightly thing i put the kids to bed i go in the basement i hit wiffle balls down there and i record my swing and then i have some moves that i want to do and i'll just review and watch the video on it go back take a couple compare it against my video and just keep going but what i determined was i think I've been at a very similar level for these last couple of years. I've been shooting kind of these consistent uh, high to mid 80s. A mid 80s is a good day for me. Um, low 90s is a kind of a bad day, but it always kind of falls right in that range. And my, I've seen my handicap kind of tick down maybe by a half a point a season, but not much movement. I attribute most of that just to playing a little bit more and just getting a little more feel around the greens. But I definitely feel as though I've plateaued and that I'm just not going to get any better with the swing I have. Mm -hmm. And we got a lot of insight into our swing when we went down to Florida and we work with the game like training guys. And uh, in two seconds, Zach had me diagnosed. He looked at it. Um, and obviously, they do a lot of work, takes time, takes time, whatever. We couldn't change it all in that one day. But he gave me some clues. And one big thing is that, without a doubt, I am stalling a lot of my rotation, and I'm flipping my hands towards the end. Mm -hmm. uh, I come in very steep, a steep shaft angle. Not steep like in the divot. I come in steep, uh, you know, a shaft angle. And then at the end, I flip it and I save it. So after many, many, many years of doing that, I've become accustomed to kind of quote unquote, saving it. However, when you do that, you're relying tremendously on timing. And I've always said, I want to simplify my swing. I want to swing that I can, it's much more repeatable. Mm -hmm. And what I found through digging into this, like I've told you, I've been reading the books at night and everything like that. A large part of that is when you rely more on the rotation, it's a much more repeatable thing than having to have your hands flip at just the right moment and, and kind of close that club face down. Because you have so, to catch it that way every time. Exactly. Yeah. So, so sure, on your good days when your timing is on, you're going to shoot like I said, these mid 80s, high 80s scores. However, you're still taking 80 swings. Uh, you know, there's a, it can only be one or two that go wrong that add up to a problem. So right. your timing has to be right every single time. So I noticed one thing, you know, with my takeaway and, and, um, Riley, who is in the group, he's been helping me with this, and he's also going to be doing some some swing breakdowns for some of the people in the Facebook group. So if you're not in the Facebook group, or get in there, and you'll see all the details. But um, a big thing was opening my face way too much on my takeaway, and then having to, to fix it with my hands later. So growing pains, 100%. Sure. Feels super weird right now. Um nervous about the golf is virtual open round because like i'm gonna go try to i, I don't want to go back to my old reliable swing old reliable old reliable you know and You'll then and ruin my progress hole. right <laughs> so i don't know what it's going to look like out there but i'm going to stick with it i'm going to grind through it and my my goal has been mike what i've been doing is i'm taking 50 swings every night 
in the basement hitting these wiffle balls and recording it. So I, I know the swing changes take time. And only thing you can do is a little bit at a time. You're not going to anybody. I've learned this a long time ago. Anybody's working for looking for that quick fix that happens in like that one lesson or one range session. It, it either doesn't work or it's super temporary in that you end up kind of under pressure situations going back to your old swing. Yeah, no, and, definitely. Mm-hmm. You know, and then this way I feel like I, I can commit the time and I'll, and I'll, I'll be able to, to change that. But it's going to take a little bit each time. So 50 swings per night. I'll keep you guys updated on the progress. That sounds great. I mean, let me. can I just quickly read you the description of the course we're playing the virtual open round on? Oh, right? no, you're going to make me nervous. Okay, so we're playing at Royce Brook. It's a, I think it's a public course out in uh, Jersey. We're playing the West Course. It says the West Course is a restricted, oh, it's restricted to member play. It features a 7,158-yard par 72. We'll probably play it from these 6,700s here. Yeah, no, rugged, rugged link-style layout with open terrain, high fescue grass, and dramatic bunkering style. This course is ranked among Golf Digest top 20 golf courses, private and public, in the state of New Jersey, and has received the coveted Four Stars Award as well. Bring it. Can't be that. <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. When you say that word fescue, uh, yeah, that's that's a bit. That's everywhere now at, at this point of the year. You know, like Ballyon, it's probably all the way all up. The way and everything up. like Mansion it's the Ridge. time of the year. Time of the year for man. sure. But look, I mean, one thing: if there's gonna, if I'm gonna apply any discipline to this, when you do have a swing change, anybody else is going through a swing change, take it slow at first. I find that I have about a 90%, I'm going to get real Bryson on you here. I got about a 90% success rate of being able to execute the swing I want when I swing at about 70% or less. Okay. When I immediately, if I start to dial it up any more than 70%, the wheels come off really fast. And that's when I just, I'm all over yeah. the place. So if I can just kind of maintain and just swing 70% or slower the whole day, which is going to be hard. You know how it is in those stressful situations or you get set up against what you know visually looks like a long carry or something like that. You get away from your game plan. But we've talked so much on this podcast about once you create a game plan to stick with it. So we'll, we'll be test of two things for me. It'll be the, the new mechanics of the swing and to the mental discipline of being able to stick with it. I hope it works out for you. I mean, it's going to be the first time you put it out on the course, right? It is. Yeah. It's going to be the first time. I did a little range session. I've done, like I said, plenty of work at the house, but there's a big difference between, you know, getting on that tee box versus hitting wiffle balls around in your basement. Yeah, for sure. That's for sure. Yeah, that's- so, all right. I want to uh, dig into this week's Twitter tapping. Um, we uh, bringing the Twitter tapping back the last couple of weeks. We haven't had it, and I've missed it. So I'm excited to have this one back. So this week for our Twitter tapping, we asked, if you could add a 15th club to your bag, what would it be and why? Mm. I think I can take a guess at yours. You know mine already. It's an extra wedge. It's an extra wedge. Yeah. So now I got the 50, 56, 50, and 60. I'd probably throw a 52 in there. There you go. 50 and a 52. Listen to that. Hey, like 15 to 52, I know. But, but I mean, as, as crazy as it sounds, you look at your usage and it kind of makes roof, sense. Man. I mean, listen, we played courses that are like, I'm looking at where we're playing Roycebrook and the par fours are all about 360, 380. Yeah. So if you get a drive out there, 260, I mean, you're 120 and in is, I mean, that's right. That's well, and that's the thing, because if your length, you know, you're getting further yardage into your wedges than like say I would. Exactly. If I was the opposite, if I didn't have length off the tee, Right. I would probably add another long club. I'd throw a three iron in there or something. But Right. Yep. Right. And I would say that that it's a good point that this que- the answer to this question could also change based on what you're playing, which is why if you've got 
the funds to do it. I'm an advocate of when you do get fit to get fit for 15 clubs uh, and have one club that you can take in and out of the bag, depending on what you're playing. If you're playing a longer course, it might be an extra hybrid. It might be something like that. But Mm -hmm. anyway, let's see what some of these answers were. So uh, let's see. Mario Price, he agrees with you. He said, I would want another wedge. Uh, can't have enough options around the greens, although I must say my 60 and 56 degree wedges have become my go-to club, uh, according to his shot scope data, he says, which is another thing, you know, making smart decisions by That's looking it. at your data. Um, what else did you Philly say? Philly golfers, I'll take an extra putter, one for long putts, because I stink at putting. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Casey loves golf similar. Another driver, just like Ronnie, Ronnie from New Jersey and his putters. If it's not working, try another one, you know? <laughs> Right. There's there's nobody quite like Ronnie no. with his 15 putters. No, they both of them brought two bags of clubs to play us that day. They did. It was incredible. Yeah. 28 clubs. Clubs was crazy. What else we got? Uh, let's see here. Um oh, this is a good good little suggestion here. Eddie Hera says a left-handed iron to get you out of the situation when Smart. it's almost impossible to hit Didn't from even the right think side. That. Didn't even think about that. That's I mean, like that one doesn't of, come into play too often. No. But that one time you'll be lucky you had it. Yeah. <laughs> That's like on the side of the bag in case of emergency, break glass. Like it should be there. It should be there. You know? Yep. But yeah, I mean, I can't say I haven't been faced with those problems before. I can't tell you how well I would hit a lefty club. I don't think it would be uh anything <laughs> right, right. worth worth looking at. Um I don't understand this. MJB one. says a beer tap. A beer tap. I very, like that. Very caddyshack. I like yes, it. Yes, yes. Yeah. What else we got? Jake Hans, another putter. I mean, one of them has to work, right? Yep, exactly. Um, All the funny ones in here. I need here. a 12 before I can Davis, add Davis uh, Vandercook <laughs> says, an eraser, a real stroke saver. <laughs> These are great. This guy's, guys, is it, is it Jorga? It could be Jorga or Jorga. I, I'll need a 12th club before I add a 15th. <laughs> He's playing with 11. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Probably. A lot of I, I am seeing here though a lot of second drivers. Extra wedge, two up. iron. Second driver. Um here's here's a lefty suggest Brad uh Bradley Rancor says I'm a lefty. I'd like to have a righty club for those times when I'm in a tricky spot. So it's an interesting it's an interesting concept. Uh lots of two irons. Not two irons, wedges, and drivers I'm seeing here. Everyone says they seem to need an extra wedge. Other than that, of course, running through all of the the funny caddyshack jokes. Um Right. Let's see here. Two iron, left-handed, kind of the same thing. Um, I, I do like this here. Your JoJo says, again, a two iron, but he says it's because some days he can't trust his driver. Yep, makes sense. Um, and then for all different reasons. Deacon Shap says two iron because of the in-between the three wood and the longest iron. Yeah. Um, so so that's that, a solid play. Yeah, and that really kind of would immediately raise my eyebrows of saying if you've got a, a gap, between i guess his longest iron there would be a three iron a three wood and a three iron go hybrid yeah you could add like a, a lesser loft hybrid in there as well um depending though if you're somebody who really likes to hit the iron maybe the two iron is the the one um so many people with the opposite side club i hadn't even thought about that that's yeah, very interesting that's yeah, interesting that's very interesting but i would imagine you know the driver i i, I guess i don't know what the reason were i mean if you had what would you have a more consistent driver? Low I mean, loft, high loft. Uh, yeah, also I mean, adjust that too on the fly. If, so I don't. Yeah, I mean, if you've got one driver that's like your erratic vomit, and your other ones you're like kind of like safe. Yeah, but you got like a longer, like a forty-eight inch shaft long drive shaft <laughs> driver in there. For, right. Otherwise, it just screams to me that you, your driver's not properly fit. That's it. I, I would instead of buying two drivers, save the money and get one that's properly fit. That's it. Yeah. If you're having if you're having to change it that often, same thing with the putters. I think one of the most enlightening things we ever did was the putter fitting. 
Yeah. Um, and then I, I had somebody DM me the other day and asking about that um, putter fitting. Somebody asked uh, about getting a uh, Scotty putter fitting, uh, and I pointed them in Spreck's direction, That's obviously. It. Yeah. But, um, you know, asking if they think it'd be worth it and all those types of things. And I'm, I'm 100% on board for that because you think about it. Look at Tiger Woods. You know, you could use the same putter for 20 years. Right. There's not another club in your That's bag true. like that. That's true. So, I mean, I would invest in it, get the right putter, fall in love with it, and keep it in the bag. You know, if, if, you, if you do, uh, you know, all respect to Ronnie with his method. But if you do start to have some little bit of putting troubles, I would more so work through it than to try to do the easy fix of just grabbing a different putter because that might be just masking the issue. Mm -hmm. If you're that reliant on making such a dramatic change in your equipment, I would rather see what it is that might be of change with your setup, your stroke or whatever, and get back to it. So I'd love to play against a pro. Like I'd love to like take Sprecker head, heads up and have him play with seven clubs to my 14 and just see what happens. It's got to be. He's got to have less clubs. Yeah, less than seven. He's got to have less. Three? To even it out, I'd go between five, three and five. Jeez. Because no, yeah. it's not, I'm not saying anything about you. I'm saying about Spreck. Yeah. I've seen it where he just, he'll just change what he does yeah, with he the club. Just, like we'll think like, oh, seven iron is my 165 club, but he'll be more so thinking of what trajectory I want it. What, and right. he can hit any club right. like he'll that. He'll knock it down. He'll hit yeah. high. He'll do, yeah. So I think he could do, he could do enough with a seven iron we would replace what we could do with like a five, Through, six, yeah. seven, and eight. <laughs> His seven is our five, six, seven, I'd and eight. I'd love to try it. Even if it was over three holes, I'm just curious. I think it'd be a great one. All right. I think you'd, in order to give yourself even a, sh a real fair chance to take his potter away, then I think you definitely got a fair chance. Yeah, true. Yeah. True. For for sure. Because that, that's the money stick right there. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's do a quick word from our sponsors. Then I want to dive into this topic of how you can get rid of that. That ugly snap hook. Yeah, let's do it. So this, uh, guys, this episode is brought to you by ShotScope. The ShotScope V3 is a stat tracking laser-like GPS watch. It tells you everything you need to know about your golf game. Honestly, it's going to help you improve, but it's going to help you enjoy the game better. And that's what we're all about here. So, you know, and what I mean by that is the ability to go back and, and just check out your round after you're done on the dashboard and just see all the great shots you made. Or, or if you're playing the game for fun, just, you know, that long drive or that that close shot you stuck on a par three to a mm -hmm. kick in birdie. Uh, all that stuff is great. It's kind of like trophies in a way. But for us diehards, you really want to improve they want to know where our misses are our club usages proximity to the whole fairways hits green regulation you name it this device does it and it's it's sub 200 and for all of that on your wrist it's super sleek the new design color screen display longer battery life interchangeable color bands they've made it more precise and so on and so on guys you have to check it out to believe it visit shotscope.com slash golficity and get yourself in the game with the all-new v3 watch or if you just want gps guys grab their cheaper model the g3 which is just as great as far as the laser-like gps once again guys shotscope.com slash golficity and lastly, of course, want to thank FootJoy. Guys, at FootJoy, they know that the swing starts from the ground up. That's so you could take on the uphill, the downhill, the side hill lies. I mean, FootJoy provides footwear that you need uh, for superior traction and stability on every single shot that we take out there, whether it's the all-new Pro SLs, which are the hottest shoe on tour, uh, the max performance of the all-new Tour X, just got a fresh pair with the blue bottoms, mm -hmm. love them, uh, the all-around comfort and performance of the FJ Furies, uh, which I know you love, Frank, and a number of other shoes. FootJoy offers uh, a shoe that's, honestly, they got a shoe for almost every player. So yeah, for sure. You're going to find a shoe for you, so... Check Even off out. the course, I'm digging those coastals. 
Are they sleek? Yeah. Yeah, I got a backyard barbecue coming up in like a week. Yeah. Rocking those and you through. could w- walk right out on the course and play with them. You can. They've got the traction. They but do. They've got off great the course. I like my go-to now. They're absolutely. I wore I wore the flexes the other day on the course. I went spikeless. It was great. Guys, find the right shoe for your golf game. Visit footjoy.com and shop now. Yeah. So, all right. Talking about the snapbook. Look, the reality is we, we've all seen it, all experienced it in one way or another. And, and when it does happen, what you've got going there is if you've got a swing path that's dramatically from inside out, and we talked about swing path on a recent episode. So make sure you go back and check that out. But if you're going dramatically inside out and you've got that club face going to shut down, there's really nothing at that point that can happen other than a snap puck mm-hmm. because you're adding those two factors, both of which are going to, for a righty golfer, push that golf ball left. And uh, it's a really tough thing because it it's it, there's just almost very few ways to recover from a hole after you've hit a snap hook because we're talking about pushing something that far off course. You're, you're, everything comes into play, possibly woods, hazards ob yeah i mean this is where things start to, to pile up and, and we talk about good golfers have good misses you know and this is one of those things that's a really it's a really bad miss it's gonna throw you way off not to say it couldn't happen to good golfers it can happen to everybody but it's a tough one what's funny about the snap hook it, it, it's it's a miss that it's not i don't snap hook barely ever maybe one or two or three a season and you know when it usually happens if i'm playing in like one of those outings and it's like the long drive hole and I try to swing out of my shoes, mm-hmm. I'll always nine times out of 10 snap hook it. My miss for me is a slice. Yeah. That's it. If I'm missing, it's a slice. A snap is very rare. I remember 18 at Kings Barnes, I snap hooked it off the tee because I just wanted to. How do you remember this stuff? I don't it's know. crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's How do so- you remember it? <laughs> but, um, but it's not, a, I mean, it doesn't mean I'm going to tune out today, but you know, it is not, it's a miss that I don't see too often, but uh, I'm curious about it. And why that happens to me when I try to swing out of my shoes. I'm probably just getting those wrists over way too quick. Could very well be. Now, you, the reason why it doesn't happen to you that often, and we'll talk about swing path, you're more outside in. Big time. Right? So that's where you get your slice from. It'd be a, it's hard to snap hook. It is view. hard. I would say in your case, when you do it with an outside in, it's still going to be a club face issue. Sure. Because still, if that club face is shut way down, mm-hmm. um, even if you're coming outside in, you can still just push it that way. I would think it'd be more of like a very sharp push left than a hook because it might not have that. It just goes straight dead on. left. Yeah, it's just going straight dead left. Yeah. In this case, where I'm talking about largely when you're also putting that side spin on it, it's a it would be, I guess in this case, it would be a counterclockwise spin. Mm-hmm. So it's now, it's, it's actually spinning and pulling the ball left as well. Correct, yeah. But in your case... Look, and that's what I'm saying. It can happen to any golfer because at that club face at impact, as long if there's something off there, it could be your grip that's causing it. It could be you're setting yourself up wrong with the wrong takeaway, whatever it is. But if, if even if you're outside in, it doesn't mean you're exempt from pushing that ball way left. Right. And it could be just a club face. And issue. that was your miss for a while, the, the snap hook or the yes. hook. Or yes, it definitely was. And and I was getting across and, and coming across the ball. But like I said, a big part of that I'm trying to take away, and and again, relying on timing. I would get this kind of like at the last minute, this kind of flip. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the flip too before. It doesn't have to be super obvious. There's sometimes like a, a very beginner golfer, it's very, you see those risks really broken. It can be just a little thing. It's tough to see unless you play it in slow motion. Yeah. And then you just, at the very end, you're not... You're not rotated enough to bring that club through on its own. You just need that little extra help with the hand. And then with your right arm, you kind of push and force that club over. Uh, another huge thing that's been helping me, uh, I've been using that that plane mate, tour striker plane yeah. mate, mm-hmm. um, because I sometimes I need the physical feedback. It's so funny. I get in my mind. I know I need to shallow the club, right? And I just can't do it. 
I'm, I have thought process that I'm so shallow, and I look at my I look at my replay, and I'm still steep. Yeah, I need something that made me feel it. So I've been hitting a lot of just like half shots with the uh, the tour striker, the plane mate on, and that just kind of starts in my mind groove. Okay, this is where I need to right. be. And a lot of people, it's been cool. I've been posting the videos on my Instagram story. A lot of great supportive stuff. A lot of people have been DMing me saying they've been struggling with similar things and suggesting things, and um, and I love those suggestions. I'm not shy about posting my issues sure. i want to i want to learn you Definitely, know yeah. um and a lot of people have said the same thing about the the plane mate so but anyway um so there's a couple things that could cause this but but it really does again it comes back to going to those basics um knowing things like your your club face is closed is helpful knowing things like your swing path is helpful that's why we always say you know good things you can do is record your swing uh get a lesson 100 percent. rather than uh, again this is where a lot of golfers lose consistency because they add a lot of complexity because they're trying to fix their own swing sure so they they only see maybe one component of it so let's say for example they notice um, that they got that club face, it's it's too open, and they work on doing all this like closing with the arms and the hands because all they're thinking is club face open. But maybe they didn't realize that their takeaway was setting themselves up for that. They were starting to take it away way too open, right. and it was very hard to recover from. So there might be a better or easier fix that just takes a professional eye to look at it. Um, but again, knowing some of these causes, it, it can be a real benefit. So uh, one big thing, again, it's going to come down to, we talked about that swing path, a faulty swing path. If you're, if you're swinging dramatically inside out, it really doesn't matter what you end up doing with that face. You're still going to have some sort of hook on mm -hmm. it. Now, again, use this word dramatically. I, I think a, a bit of an inside out, it, it can be a good swing. You can, you can promote a little bit of that inside out. But uh, again, you get too dramatic with that and you're just kind of whipping across the ball. There's a, a strong chance you're going to be doing Absolutely. this often. Right. You know? Right. It makes sense. I mean, this is curious looking at these awesome little diagrams here in this article. Yeah. Uh, to see that top down and the inside out and outside in. It's crazy. So I swing like that, huh? Yeah. Now, maybe not as dramatic as that outside in that you're looking at there. Those are really put on there to be more dramatic right but that's what we talk about when we get up there and we get steep right mm -hmm. if you do any of this motion let me turn this way if you do any of this motion where you start to push over this way mm -hmm. the only thing you can do is swing that way across yeah. it outside yeah. in so the real key is and this is what i'm working so hard on you get shallow in here yeah yeah right that's where you can start to now that that's in too much inside out. But if you that's, can shallow it out, now you can come like this and across. But as soon as you get those hands and arms out and up and oh, over, there's nothing you can do but come down across that ball with an outside end. So this is no good. That's too this much. This is what you want. That's what you want right yeah, there. That, right. that kind of like square impact. But you still see how here he's much more shallow than we are. We right. often when we look at our swings, we're like like in here steep yeah steep. gotcha gotcha you know so yep. that's the steep so i've been working hard on that wow, okay. but it's one big thing like if you're if you're doing it consistently that snap hook and and, and a draw but like it's, when it goes wrong it goes wrong that way you could be getting a little too inside out so that would be a first thing to take a look at and making sure you get that spending some time on that that take that uh that swing path and a good thing you can do with that it's hard to think too much about your swing path during that down swing because it's happening so fast but what I found is, and this is a big thanks again to Riley who pointed this out to me first, um, the takeaway. By improving my takeaway and making a little bit more of a neutral takeaway coming straight back, mm -hmm. it becomes a lot easier to come back through square. 
I was taking it in because I was trying to think shallow and I would take it in way too far to the inside and almost you get trapped up like that. And the opposite effect happens instead of coming across shallow, I end up coming across. I recover this way, come back over the top and then last minute flip it. Yeah. So if, if you are struggling with a club path, whether it's inside out, outside in first thing to investigate, take a good, hard look at your takeaway and see, and you do that recording, but take a look at my, as I see Mike looking at whose swing is that? I'm looking at Ricky's swing, because didn't Ricky he work Fowler? with Butch to shallow things out? Now, now Ricky gets intensely look shallow. Look how shallow that is. Yeah, is. he gets intensely shallow, but if you look at Ricky, it's such an athletic move. If you look at a, Google a picture of him at impact, mm-hmm. his hips are so turned to the target yeah and so clear i mean the the things that these guys can do is pretty amazing wow that's ridiculous now think about this i've had that's nothing part of my swing i was having if you think of my belt buckle my belt buckle was maybe just past the ball at impact Mm -hmm. right so I'm, i'm open but only a little bit open you look at the pros their belt buckle is almost pointing at the target at at impact at the target. That's Look at that. Nuts. <laughs> That's nuts. So Wow. And, and and you see how much space he has here? Yeah. So yeah. he's so he's can come in super steep because he gets his hips so clear and so out of the way, he's got all this room to make contact. Yeah, that's insane. Where where often I struggle with this is that even if I get shallow, I'm not getting that athletic move enough to get those hips back and out of the way. Right. That what happens is the elbows get jammed in by the hips, and now you just kind of flip again. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things that got to go right. Yeah, that's but for sure. Once you can make those things happen right, it's a and and get used to it. It's a much more repeatable swing. So anyway, the second thing is leads right into what we're saying here. If you're not turning enough through impact. Man, get one lesson with Kevin Sprecher like we did. And if the word rotation doesn't come up, I think I'll, I'll pay for your lesson. Exactly. Same. <laughs> <laughs> because it's so fundamental and so key. And it often is the cause of so many issues is that you're just not rotating through. And and again, videotape your swing. Um, and I speak to all this from experience uh, because I've struggled with every one of it. All of it. And continue to struggle with it. Mm-hmm. Watch and see if your hips stall out. And that happened to me a lot too. They stall out and then now my hands are coming and getting ahead of them. Right. Right. So not only is it important to turn, but also to continue to turn. Keep rotating. Rotate through impact. A good thing that that I've heard often from a lot of top instructors is that if you get yourself in the right position at the top, the only thing left to do is unwind and 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 turn as hard as you can. And if you just turn, everything will kind of fall into place. But Sometimes we don't. We don't complete that turn. That's and like, right. what is the mm-hmm. reason for it? And a big part of it is lacking confidence. Because think about it. Why do we often decelerate on those short shots around the green or whatever? We don't have the confidence in mm-hmm. it. Or what happens when we, um, we, we say this all the time, like you hit a bad shot like on a par three because you second guessed if you had the right club or whatever it may be. A lot of that, ultimately what you've done is you've hesitated in some sort of way where you're not confident enough to really just commit to the shot because rotating the body, the big muscles of the body, the hips and stuff like that takes a big commitment. Sure. You can't hesitate on that, Mm -hmm. right? Or everything will go off. So if you do anything that causes you to hesitate and not be confident in the shot, you're not going to go through it. So, Get to a point, and again, it takes practice. You probably can't do this on your next swing, but get out there. And once you get to that point, you're practicing it, you feel the right motion, commit to it, 
you know, really rotate those hips through and let the rest kind of do the job it needs to do. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, so before each swing, each swing, just work on whatever it is, put it part of your pre-shot routine, give yourself that boost of confidence mm -hmm. and just be like, whatever it is, I'm committed to it. That's it. Yeah. You know? That's it. Um, and the other thing, this is what you had said, overactive hands. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I think overactive hands is also largely a part of saving it because in a re in a good golf swing, you should not have to mentally focus on moving those hands and rotating them through. A good rotation, it's going to naturally happen. If you get a, that club in a good spot and you get that lower body rotating the way it should, there's nothing that really can happen other than the hands rolling over. Mm -hmm. The hands will just, you let the hands just go along for the ride. Just let them roll over. If you find so like consciously that you're feeling that you're doing a lot of work with your hands to turn it over or, or adjust that club face, it means that you are most likely making some sort of compensation to square up the club face versus a good swing that'll automatically deliver a square club face to the ball. Right. You're doing something. So in that case, Mike, and taking your, your example of that 18th hole, who knows? Maybe you were just, you're trying to get a little bit more out of it. And as part of that, maybe you came more over the top. Mm -hmm. And then as part of that, your body felt you were over the top. And what'd you do? You just whipped those just, hands through to try exactly. to try to fix it, right. whatever it may be. But in this case, again, all that power, all that generation should come from the potential energy that you build up with that nice big takeaway. You should feel like a big spring ready to go. Mm -hmm. And then a commitment of the hips just going through, which will, which will just drag the arms down and through. From that point, just let the club turn over. Just let the hands just naturally work and turn over. If you're trying to manipulate that too much, it's, it's again, consistency goes out the window. It is a non- repeatable thing yeah you can't rely on your hands to repeat the same exact motion and always it's a millisecond that it happens with that impact now you're relying on your hands to say all right hands i need you to make the compensation to square that club face for up at just the right time as i'm swinging 115 miles exactly. an hour through this ball right mm -hmm. your hands are going to be like yeah i right, take a break <laughs> <laughs> it's not happening today so again if you notice your hands are overactive just work on, I like those kind of half swings, just taking it back to parallel and through to parallel. I've been doing a lot of those with the plane mate too. And just real easy, not a whole lot of force, just rotating back and through and just feeling those hands naturally turn over. Yeah. He, I, I love this. He actually has pulled up the picture this of is his it. shot on look 18. At that. you see, that's a, look at, look at that, look where my club is yeah so first of all it tells me you definitely came over the top from from outside in because you, that's the only way to get there right. otherwise you would have to swing around your knees like and, this and you look at liam's impact yeah he was a great golfer yeah look at the difference so that tells me that you came outside in you kind of got jammed up and you also had that face because look at the face is dramatically closed on the follow-through which tells me it had to have been really closed on that <laughs> thing just went there that's yeah. all that ball just went straight yeah. sharp pull left that's funny. Crazy. I didn't even remember that shot. He remembers that shot. <laughs> I don't know where I was in that hole. Maybe yeah, right. you got to pull up a picture. That's why. That's why I love the shot scope because I forget. You have a nice looking takeaway in your shot here. Look at that. You you hit a bomb here. Yeah, that one I hit well. See? Yeah, look at your flight path there. My ball was over here. That one I hit well, but again, yeah. it largely was relying on timing. And yeah. that's so you see how far, far my heel came up. That's another yeah. thing I'm working on is keeping mm -hmm. that heel down. Anyway, another thing you can do just a. a a mental, physical combo exercise would be when you go to the range, just try to hit some fades. 
uh, especially if you struggle being a big draw player. I'm not telling you you got to go learn the fade shot. I'm not telling you that you need to get away from your natural swing um, path because I think there's a, a huge benefit to playing to your strength and, and your swing path. But it's just a way to feel that opposite, to feel the kind of the other way and getting those hands, you know, and, and getting that club path working in a slightly different direction. Um, but the fade, it, it's something that you, it's good to add to your arsenal anyway, but it will give you a little bit of a comparison point that you can compare your, your swing to and saying like, what am I doing different between these two? So just mess around with it. Again, one of the things I've said on the podcast so many times, one of the, the biggest lessons I learned was from Zach Radford when I asked him how he hits all those crazy shots. And he said, you know, when he was young, he, a lot of golfers, they just focus on how do I learn to go hit the ball straight? Yeah. And he's like, no, I went to the range. I just wanted to have fun and just test my limits. How far could I bend it right? How far could I bend it left? Yep. You know, they, they might not be shots you necessarily need, but just getting such a feel for path and, and, and um, club face position, he learned a lot from it. It's so, so cool I mean, if, you, if you're somebody, you know, even if you've got kids, like get them out there and just tell them have fun. Just like this you know, see what you can do. Right. You, know, you can make fun little competitions out on the range. Be like, can you get it to start here and, and turn over and hit that by that sign over there? Or can you do it? And let them have a little fun and, and just letting the body learn what it takes to do different things. Yeah. It's a great idea. It'd be really cool. I mean, those shots do look cool when he posts those though. Right? Oh yeah. 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 I mean, the guy's an expert at it. Mm -hmm. uh, and we saw playing with him firsthand, how great of a golfer he is. Yep. Yeah. But anyway, um, that's everything we have. Look, if you've got any of your own tips that you want to add to it, we always love hearing those. You can drop them in your, uh, in the comments below. If you struggled with a snap hook before, uh, what was that like for you? What did you do to resolve it? We can all learn from each other. Again, Mike and I, we are nowhere near scratch golfers. We're not instructors. We're people who love to learn the game. And when we learn something new, we try to tell you guys here in hopes that it'll help somebody else. That's why I've been posting my own swing challenges on, on Instagram is, I've had other people on the other side of that DMing me and saying, what did you do? Because I'm struggling with the same thing. So the hope is by telling you guys that here, you all can benefit from it as we've tried to benefit from ourselves. But again, keep that conversation going this way too. Comments, uh, drop your experiences in the Facebook group. Any of those places is going to be great that we can all learn from it. Yeah, for sure. All right. For sure. So the show notes for everything we talked about today is at golfficity.com slash episode three, four, uh, 334. And I, again, strongly, strongly recommend, if you haven't already done so, download the Golficity app. Uh, all the podcasts are there every week. You get notifications when a new podcast drops. Um, it's just a great way to go back and reference through them all. Plus, you get all the other great Golficity content is all in one place in the app, and it is free for Android and iOS. Go to golficity.com slash app to download that and make sure you guys get in there play your golf to see virtual open round you Do got it. through august 15th is the last day and we're, that's when those leaderboards are going to lock um we've got the the peoria system handling the handicap so even if you know you know, you don't know your handicap. You can still play. You don't even need to enter your handicap. The system will do it for you. And it's a great way to post some net and gross scores and have a little fun doing it while at the same time, chance to win some super cool prizes. Oh, you got that right, man. That's it. I'm excited for you guys. Yeah. I really am. This is some good stuff. So check it out and uh, we'll see everybody again next week. 